history is littered with a long line of lovable but angry men. I'm as bad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to give you a damn good trashing. Finally, my stupidity pays off. I don't believe it. But one man rises above them all. What just happened? He's mad as hell. It's Kevin O'Sullivan. In the annals of the Westminster bubble gang obsessing on themselves, the Pathetic Privileges Committee probe into an alleged silly little three-year-old lie must rate as one of the most ludicrous wastes of time and effort in British political history. And in a parliament full of self-important MPs for whom wasting time, effort and vast amounts of taxpayers' money is a way of life, that is no mean feat. This preposterously pompous inquiry into the fibs of a yesterday's man who is no longer Prime Minister and never will be again, began last year on June the 29th. Even after their rambling three-hour interrogation of an angry Boris Johnson, the seven MPs on this preening panel haughtily inform us that their verdict cannot be reached until the summer. Why? Are this lot really so slow-witted it takes them 12 long months to decide whether or not Boris, horror of horrors, misled the House of Commons when he insisted that he did not deliberately break his own COVID rules during Downing Street's stupefying season of lockdown knees-ups? And even if, as seems likely, Chairperson Harriet Harman and her conniving cohorts find Bojo guilty of crimes against their little club's rules, what difference will it make? What will have been achieved, apart from confirming the end of a political career that everyone knows is already over? This grotesque process on the road to nowhere is costing a fortune. Johnson's legal bills alone have so far ploughed through more than £200,000 of the public purse. For what? To prove that a blustering bloke who has been lying since the day he was born told another lie? Who cares? Do Ms Harmon, Tory Grandy, Sir Bernard Jenkin and the Privileged Committee's other unfamous five really think that millions will reel back in shock if they conclude that Boris Johnson was economic with the truth? In what way do their empty endeavours, as seen on TV, benefit the people of this country? When so-called Conservative Alberto Costa asked his ex-boss if he thought that this show trial was a kangaroo caught in a witch hunt, Boris's answer should have been an unequivocal yes. Of course it's a witch hunt. So much so that Labour firebrand Chris Bryant stepped down from sitting in judgment because he had made his disapproval of Boris abundantly clear in a series of statements and social media posts. Respect to Bryant for recusing himself due to his clear Labour bias against the defendant. But on the precisely same basis, why is Harriet Harman still there? She has been just as critical as Johnson as Bryant. And it seems obvious that this veteran scion of the left is out to get Brexiteer Boris and score a political point against the evil Tories. She certainly did not even try to disguise her contempt while an increasingly irritated Boris squirmed throughout his kangaroo court ordeal. Nor did fellow Brexiteer Sir Bernard or the other three Conservatives feasting at this feeble festival of revenge. Their prey was down, fighting for his life and 
their starring TV role was to kick him to death. Partygate was a disaster that should never have happened. While we, the gullible citizens, did our best to obey the ridiculous rules because the government dubiously assured us lockdowns would beat the virus, Boris and his fun-loving mates were busy breaking the rules in the kind of booze-fueled gatherings the rest of us weren't even thinking about, for his egregious failure of leadership, for letting down all the people who dutifully stayed away from their loved ones, whose elderly relatives died alone in care homes. Johnson deserves to be reminded that he was an ocean-going, irresponsible idiot. And his contention that leaving dues and birthday bashes were absolutely essential in Downing Street while they were banned everywhere else is laughably absurd. But what is the point of picking over the last scraps of mouldy meat on the rotting carcass of a long-dead political beast? Watching MPs disappearing up their own backsides, fixating on their favourite subject themselves, was a shameful spectacle. If Parliament really wants to prove it is relevant to the people it purports to represent, this kind of shabby show trial must never happen again. Well, that's what I think. Uh, let's find out now what my panellists think. Uh, this week, a warm welcome uh, to social commentator Precious Muir and our regular superstar guest, Talk TV's very own sports legend, Mark Saggers. Uh, welcome, both of you. Uh, Precious, you first. Uh, what do you think of what I think was a mass of Westminster navel-gazing, costing us a lot of money for no real reason, the Westminster Boris Johnson inquiry? I think, obviously, the, you know, you know, the taxpayers are paying for the situation that's going through, obviously, lawyers and the investigation and so forth. But in a way, I feel like they're going to have to make him accountable for his actions. Yes, you're right. He deserves yeah. to be accountable. He deserves this fate, in a way, in a way because yeah. he broke his own stupid, ridiculous exactly. rules He made the rules and literally to went to a party. So yeah. he deserves this fate. Yeah. However, do we, the taxpayers of this country, deserve yeah. to be spending millions of pounds on this drawn-out, year-long inquiry yeah. to establish that a former Prime Minister, who is never coming back, told a little white lie uh, three years ago. It's ridiculous. It's navel-gazing. It is politicians, pompous politicians, it's not, it's disappearing not, up their own posterity. It's not a white lie, though, is it? He's lying. Mr Panic sits next to him. You could see the panic in his eyes at Do times. Care? They don't care. None of them care. It's our money, by the way, paying for Mr Panic, oh. not Boris Johnson's. I would have thought more of the Prime Minister if he'd used some of the money that he's made since he's stopped being any sort of MP for his constituency by paying for what he's yeah. doing now. But, oh, no, of course not. It is all down to us. And in the end, they are taking the Michael. Yeah, politicians, Precious, uh, by their very nature, uh, distort the narrative. They lie to suit their own narrative. Of course. That's what politicians do. So yeah. uh, why are we spending a year and millions of pounds to establish that a former politician, a front-line politician who won't ever be coming back, told a little fib three years ago, uh, these pompous politicians are obsessed with their own little rules. It's their little club. I couldn't care less about well, the have rules to of make, the House They have to kind of do an investigation so that... Why? There is no why? way of Boris getting back. 
They well, don't well, want him not getting back office. anyway. They don't want him in office, and the only way to do it officially is to go through well, the process of that. that's corruption, isn't it? They're not supposed and to. That's, just that's the not way, what this inquiry is supposed to be doing. Do you know what, though? It's not an inquiry to banish... It's not an inquiry to banish Boris. It's an inquiry to establish whether he told a lie to the House of Commons. Right. If it was an... Which he did. An inquiry to banish Boris would be corrupt. Do we really well, this is think, the reason why they're doing it. Do we it? really well, think the man who was running the country during COVID, yeah. who was so ill himself from COVID, didn't know exactly what he's he doing exactly when, he, when he's toasting he with a, exactly. a glass of what looks exactly like whiskey? What yeah, of course. Of course. It's of course. whiskey galore! It's just <laughs> like one of those films from ages ago. We, we, and he uh, is uh, taking the Michael out of all of us. It's whiskey really galore, is. but it's not an ealing comedy. I mean, uh, it was 52 pages of whatever he's gone done, and it's like, the police why are we needing to I'm read not, that? I'm not into this slamming of Boris. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he told a silly little lie three years ago. Who the hell cares? Why are we spending millions on this? This is pathetic. Because people, it's pathetic. people died, people lost their Why companies. Why are we spending millions to prove someone told a silly because little lie three years ago? Because justification for the actions that he took. Because I don't people agree. I couldn't agree less. Boris is a liar. Boris is not. We know that. It, Boris needs to be held accountable for the actions that he put Why? in place. Why? Because cost. he told it's the silly. public, it's he told the general game. public to do one thing and less. then did the opposite. Could Agree so that's, that's it's a parliamentary parlour game for which yep. we're paying a fortune, and that is ridiculous. We know he's a liar. He's lied since the day he was born, uh, and all we're doing now is spending a fortune trying to prove that he told a silly little lie three years ago. Yep. It's a waste of time. You know it's it a waste is? of taxpayers' money. It is, it is money. in the you know sense that there has to be justification you know what it really for what is? happened. Yeah. It is vanity unfair. That's what it is. And he's a headline maker that I don't want to see anymore in politics. Well, you won't see well, him won't. anymore. Well, he won't. After this, he won't. I mean, he's definitely going to be. Well, there you go. A... So, what's the point of it? Waste of time. Waste <laughs> of time. Let's move on. It's time for a bad ad. Anything to declare? Oh, diarrhea. Permit me. Kaopectate. But of course. Now, advanced formula Kaopectate. Just this much relieves diarrhea and cramps fast. Viva la Kaopectate. A diarrhea specialist. Anything to declare? Diarrhea. <laughs> when I was in the States, when I lived in the States in the 90s, these adverts, this was my idea, because I remembered them. And we used to sit around in our house, house in LA and they used to come on, all gather around the table. Oh, it's the guy declaring diarrhea again. You couldn't and, make uh, it up. And there's I another mean, one. There's, uh, another yeah, one. Yeah, there's, not... there's another one. Oh, is look, there another one? He's gone off and he's come back and he's still got diarrhea. Check it out. Hey, what'd you bring back? Diarrhea. Of course. You forgot your Kaopectate. Advanced formula Kaopectate. Just one dose helps relieve diarrhea fast. Next time, I won't forget the Kaopectate. Guaranteed to stop diarrhea fast. You know what's so great about that? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people will watch Border Force. Could you imagine? What are you declaring? Diarrhea. No strip search. Can't get him in the other room. As if you do that, though, you come to customs and there's a customs officer thing. Anything to declare, sir? Well, there's no Boom. way that these... Diarrhea! There's As no if you'd say that. There's no way these commercials would be ever, um, you know, on TV now because of all the people that would go against it. Do you know how many... Well, they probably would they be would. on TV. They yeah. would, yeah, definitely. You're allowed to have diarrhea, I think, still in this world. <laughs> Just about. Just, Just about. A... They would have to ask if it's proper and appropriate. Right, OK. Well, talking of diarrhea, I have uh, had a heap of diarrhea dumped all over me again on social oh, media. Good. It's time for anti-social media. I think we got a little theme tune for this, haven't we? <laughs> Here we go. Anti-social media. Rudest tweets of the week about me. 
Uh, here we go. Kevin O'Sullivan doesn't know how to turn a computer on. Dinosaurs like him can't get to grips with the future. He is a deranged tin pot. Uh, I think the sort of slight problem with that is I do know how to uh, turn a computer on. But right. apart from that, really good tweet. Thanks very much. Uh, here's another one. What does Kevin O'Sullivan do to make the world better? Nothing, I hope. Uh, if he stopped working tomorrow, nothing would change. No one would care. Irrelevant. I think he wow. means irrelevant. If you're going to do these tweets, try to learn to spell irrelevant. I I love the way that all of these people slag you off by questioning why you're there at all. Yeah. Because without you, they'd be so lonely. Well, they wouldn't have anything to watch and complain about, would they? So this is, you know, it makes no sense. They wouldn't it? have any shelves to stack at Tesco's. Uh, here we go. Here's another one. Kevin O. <laughs> only got his show because he changes Mike Graham's concrete diapers. He is like watching a camel. <laughs> oh, that's given me the hump. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I'm absolutely devastated by that one. Uh, let's move on to this one. Uh, <laughs> number four in my uh, list of shame. Is Kevin O'Sullivan ever happy? He always seems to be kicking off at something. He is a heart attack ready gammon. Uh, I, I'm not heart attack ready because, as everyone knows, I haven't got a heart. So, uh, yeah, what do you think? One. I mean, what do I think? Yeah. What do I think? I think you think I'm a too. No, I think it's quite well, heartless, I think. They'll miss you. That's what <laughs> I think. They'll miss me when I'm gone. Yeah. What are they going to do if somebody sensible comes and sits there who turns on his computer and talks about all sorts of... Yeah. But they always have to have Listen, a bad guy I just to want to send about. a message to all the people who sent me anti-social media. You can all... Oh, now it's time for a break. What just happened? We are going to do a bit of bad TV now. Uh, let's uh, have a look at this. And uh, this week's uh, star billing is Emu's Pink Windmill Show, whatever the hell that is. Have a look at this. Why don't we meet our pink windmill kids? Uh, yeah, that was, was Rod Hull. Was... Uh, amazingly, that show used to get three million viewers. And if you think wow. about it, in the past, there were TV executives who sat around saying, this will be good. <laughs> but, Amazing. I mean, Rod Hull and his emu was the much watch. Yeah, loved, people watch. loved Rod Hull. Well, it was ridiculous, though, wasn't he, there? You just... But sadly, as you know, it's not a real emu, or else you could have seen one or two of them <laughs> slipping in what was... An, that would have been entertaining. ...in emu poo. Well, there you go. But I don't think it was very entertaining for the children. I think they were there working. It didn't seem like they were having much fun, to be honest. Well, they were working. They were stars of the show. There we it go. reminds me of that Scylla Black doing all night Same long with again. the breakdancing kids. It's just Never like, worked yeah. with children, you know, always a bad idea. Or pets. Poor, poor Rod Hull, of course, died when he fell from his roof while trying to put a TV aerial up. Uh, now, wow. uh, we're going to move on to... to uh, we like to feature, as you know, uh, political campaigns uh, in America. And uh, this week, uh, it's time for Dale Peterson. I'm Dale Peterson, and I'm after the Republican nomination for Alabama Agriculture Commissioner. I've been a 
farmer, a businessman, a cop, a Marine during Vietnam. So listen up. Alabama Ag Commissioner is one of the most powerful positions in Alabama, responsible for $5 billion. Bet you didn't know that. You know why? Thugs and criminals. If they can keep you in the dark, they can do whatever they want with all that money. And they don't give a rip about Alabama. We're Republicans. We should be better than that. I'm Dale Peterson. I'll name names and take no prisoners. Give me the Republican nomination for Ag Commission, and let's show Alabama we mean business. Uh, Terrible. Now, uh, in a little while, I'm going to deliver my thoughts on uh, the parole board and the probation service, who have to uh, seem to have an increasing habit of letting very dangerous prisoners out out onto the streets. streets. Gary Glitter recently, where we all cried, "Why are you letting this guy out? This lifelong paedophile, this raper of children. Why are you letting him out after eight years when he was sentenced to 16?" And the authorities in their superior were, "Oh, you're just the ignorant." masses. No, no, no. This man is ready to be paroled. They parole him. Guess what? About a week later, he's caught trying to get onto the dark web, uh, no doubt to exploit and abuse children again. Mm. And they put him back into prison. Uh, Now, every time the authorities do this, the parole board or the probation service, they say, well, the prisons are so crowded. Well, I've got a better idea. Instead of letting out so many very dangerous people, uh, threatening the safety of the British public, Build more damn prisons. The moment they leave, they do the exact same thing they got them there in the first place. Particularly paedophiles. Paedophiles, sex offenders, rapists have this inside of them. You can't change that. So the moment they're out in the public and they see a woman, they see a young child, they're going to continue the same violent abuse. I don't understand the tariffs on these various sentences because... 100% agree with At the moment, whatever you do, they only stay in for half if they're... Good people inside prison. Years and only do eight. I know, and we forget about the victims here. We never ever Ever. think about the victims. The parole board and the probation board. What are they? Are they very woke these days? Yes, they are. Do they feel that everybody can do what they say? The trouble is with hardened criminals. They just go yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Out they come, and what is it? It's bunkum. Don't let them out. Build more prisons. Is there some sort of do-gooders paradise that they're able to go into these prisons and to sit down and counsel these people and say, yay, they're all okay now? 18 years, 24 years, 30 years, whatever should mean exactly that. Not just for those committing the crimes, but for the next generation thinking of it. Well, what makes me very angry is the fact that they think that five years... Or, or even eight years, or even 16 years is enough. There's no need for any more discussion. There's no need to spend any more money on these people Not when it comes all. to any of this. Yeah. They are locked up for life. Yeah. Exactly. Why are you going to let an animal out of their cage? Exactly right. Keep Good them analogy. in the cages, please. Excellent. For the safety of me, for the safety of children, for the sake of, of everybody. Absolutely. Because we don't need that. No, in, very in good society. point, Precious. Well and on that powerful point, uh, uh, thank you very much to Precious Muir, social commentator, and to Mark Sagas, talk TV, sports broadcasting legend. Here's an idea. Instead of wistfully concluding that we'll have to release lifelong paedophile Gary Glitter because the prisons are so overcrowded, how about not releasing him and maybe building a few more prisons? Throughout his miserable existence, Glitter, real name Paul Gad, has sexually abused children, 
and ruthlessly destroyed their innocence all over the world. For his most recent horrific crimes against little kids, the former pop star was sentenced to 16 years behind bars. A clear and present danger to the youngsters he lusts after, getting this fiend off the streets was what the justice system should be all about, keeping Britain safe. Why then did the authorities, in their infinite lack of wisdom, decide to unleash Mr Glitter on an unsuspecting public after serving just half of his sentence, letting him out with eight years still to go? Hiring a celebrity-style limousine to transport him to a halfway hostel under the cover of night, helping him cover his face to avoid photographers and the harsh glare of the media spotlight, putting him up in a place within spitting distance of ten local schools, triggering parental fury over this terrifying threat to the safety of their kids. And amid the outcry, the familiar superior tone of the parole and probation boards, who of course know better than the ignorant masses. Trouble is, they don't. And while we, the great British public, screamed, what the hell do you think you're doing? They ignored us. And Gary Glitter set about getting onto the dark web in order to exploit and abuse more children. Fortunately, he got caught and was immediately banged up again. Upon resuming his much-needed incarceration, I don't suppose Gary sang, hello, it's good to be back. But for the long-suffering British people, it was not so much much good that this marauding monster was back in jail. It was essential. What possessed the authorities to release Glitter so early? The same madness that fueled the deranged decision to let out Colin Pitchfork, who raped and murdered two schoolgirls. Soon after his ill-advised release, Pitchfork was found hanging around a girls' school and was swiftly returned to prison. The same parole board was keen to allow taxi rapist John Warboys to once again enjoy the sweet taste of liberty. This time, the government successfully stepped in and blocked his ridiculous release. But a disturbing pattern is emerging. The parole and probation services are possessed of a mania for releasing dangerous inmates because the prisons are full up. A former British Airways pilot who killed his wife with a claw hammer and buried her in Royal Windsor Great Park looks set for freedom after a mere 13 years. A Pedophile who raped two 10-year-old girls is up for early release. Now adults, both outraged victims, have waived their right to anonymity to protest against this inappropriate kindness to the man who ruined their lives. Forgotten serial killer Patrick Mackay, who split a priest's head in half with an axe and hacked a defenceless grandmother into oblivion, is also busy persuading the parole board that he's a reformed character. Who cares? Keep him locked up and throw away the key. Prison is primarily for punishment. A paedophile cannot be reformed and should never be forgiven. Nor should an animal like the monstrous Mackay who murdered as many as 11 people. There are numerous other cases currently being considered that will undoubtedly compromise the protection of the people. Cases that will put back onto the streets lethal criminals whose potential for re-offending is infinite. A terrifying problem rather than a remote possibility. And all because, drumroll, 
The packed prisons are overcrowded. So let's stop pretending that crime is on the wane because it is not. Instead of weeping over jails filled to the rafters, build more of them and stop releasing Gary Glitter and the evil gang to inevitably commit more appalling offences. Come on, it's not rocket science. Let's stop prioritising prisoners' alleged human rights and let's start protecting children. Thank you and good night. What just happened?